Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to Unscripted, the podcast. I'm excited to have today's guest on. We got connected through, I'm not even actually sure, it's just the women that we all roll with. And I'm just so honored because Renee is a woman that I deeply admire. I have watched her now for quite some time. I had the honor of being on her podcast. She wins not that long ago. It actually just dropped a few weeks ago. And honestly, I think it's women like you that really, really inspire me to keep following what's on my heart, to not be afraid to change to not be able to speak, be afraid to speak up and really share what's on my heart or what I'm feeling or that I want to change or permission to offend. I don't know all of the things. I just want you to know that I see that. And it really is deeply inspiring to just see women own their power and also own their stories, which is why we're here today, because you wrote another incredible book. You're an author of many books now. I love that you have a children's book out. That was like a side note. I did not know. But I want to ask you all the things. And I know the listeners of this show really, you know, connect with the word unscripted. And I think what a beautiful segue to the book that you wrote, who you are, how you're showing up now in your life. So can you intro yourself as to who is Renee in this current season? I I love all of that. I love that we're starting there because if I think back to three years ago, like I was the complete opposite of that. It was like my life had to be scripted. It had to be perfect. It had to be like totally photo filtered. And uh, that's how I was showing up. And I was like, I mean, I was the person who would take, would like have 15 retakes of a 30 second clip because it wasn't perfect enough. And now like I hopped on here and I looked at myself. I'm like, oh my God, I don't like, I need eye mascara. I need like lip gloss. And I'm like, well, this is just what it is today. Okay. <laughs> so, so thank you. Exhausting to show up like that, right? Like, were you so right. exhausted in that season? I was, you know what? It was exhausting, but it was, it was, I was so critical of myself. And then like, if I really look at it, it was like that whole perfectionist that we're as women, we're trying to do it all and be it all to everyone. And so you asked me for an intro, like I'm a divorce lawyer and I had to be like the best lawyer and the most well-dressed lawyer and the best boss and the best mother. And I'm twice divorced and three times married and the best wife. And it was like, that's exhausting. And I'm like, I don't want to be the best of anything anymore. I just want to be me. And that's sort of the journey that, you know, that is unfolding that I'm still in right now. It's still so much a part of who I am as to like getting so comfortable with just being like, this is who I am today. And today you get the version that barely has any makeup on. And tomorrow someone might get the version with the, you know, the big false eyelashes on. And that's okay. I love that so much. It resonates so hard with me. And I know anybody listening right now, because, you know, I think there's something with age, right? We come into this knowingness that like we accept ourselves for who we are. We're okay being a real or more raw, honest version of ourselves, which it's so beautiful because I remember being in my 20s and 30s, people saying, just wait till you're in your 40s. Yeah. So I very much look forward to my 50s because I'm like, can't wait to give even less fuck. I know. It's just so much about not getting that fuck. It's about understanding that everything we've gone through in our life is just getting us to the next place and the next season and helping us understand more of who we are. And I think that's really what you speak to with your podcast, with your book and your messaging right now is just owning, owning your story. And I know that this book is really a lot about your story. So can you share with us? I know you are a divorce attorney and you shared so much of that private stuff with us, but 
how did you step into the space of becoming an attorney? Was there this little girl perfectionist that had to choose a career that was going to be that elevated, right? We know there's a couple that our parents always approve of, doctor, lawyer, yeah. you know, a few of those things. And I definitely chose one that was not approved. Hairdresser was not on the list of things that were okay by my mom. It's so funny because my mother was was kind of the person who was like, why don't you be the paralegal? Because why be the lawyer or be the dental hygienist? No, do not go and be the dentist. Like it was like the do the thing for that nice, comfortable life where you can be a you can be home with your kids. You know, like that was and my father, who was the entrepreneur, was like, no, go for the thing. Be the lawyer, be the dentist, like be, you know, in all of that. So I kind of fell into being a lawyer. I wanted to work in politics, which is like, I think I look back at that. I'm like, oh, my God, had I gone to D.C. when I planned on it, I would have been chewed up and spit out. Like that world, I, I my stomach is not strong enough for that world. And I started realizing that through the law, I could help people. And that's what I really loved to do. I could never be a contract lawyer or corporate lawyer. I really loved working with people. And that was a season that lasted 20 years. And now I'm at that season of like, I did what I could do impacting that one-on-one. And now I want to impact on a broader range. I I realized that the women who were coming to me had the same things, the same themes that were showing up over and over for them. And it was this unworthiness, not having conversations that were really hard, not taking risks, not being really good about having conversations about money because it was hard. And and that was the work. I'm like, you know what? It's By the time they get to me as, as my divorce role, like it's too late. Like let's rewind everything back to who they are and let's have a different conversation before they find themselves resenting their husband or resenting their children or unfulfilled or just kind of moving through life. And it was like, okay, you know, that first season of my life, it was one way. And now here's the pivot. And I don't know what the next 20 years is going to look like. And there's like something really fun in that. And Mm. just be like, you know, I'm at the point where I'm exiting from my law firm and selling it. And people are like, now what? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, isn't that fun? <laughs> you know, and my former perfectionist self would be flipping out not knowing. Yeah, no. And I'm sure so many people are listening thinking I could never, you know, I yeah. never think about leaving something that A, I built and, and, yeah. and gave up blood, sweat and tears for for 20 plus years. Plus, so many people are in that mindset that if it's good enough, it's providing, it's yeah. the thing you worked so hard for, you went to school, you probably spent thousands of dollars to get that degree and then some and to build the firm and to all that time. And I, very similar I transition with my career yeah. of being an entrepreneur in the beauty industry to then pivoting and, and moving into the online space and just having that same underlying feeling of I wish I could help and impact more people, right? The one-to-one is so beautiful. It's so great. And it really is something life-giving to, I think, not just us, but to our clients. But you know, when there's a little voice sometimes that's like intuitively telling you you're meant for more, you're meant to speak to more people and share your message. So after all of the experiences you've had, building the fur, being married twice, like, I'm sorry, being divorced twice, married three times, like, yeah. what is the the driving force for creating these events? I know you have a, a live event that you do, and then just really putting yourself out there in such a way that you do, like sharing your message and having people feel more comfortable talking about their shit. I, you know, I think it all started with, because I never talked about my divorces ever. I couldn't imagine going on a podcast. And it all started because I went on a friend's podcast before I even knew what podcasts were. She was just like, listen, I'm going to show up. I'm going to bring some sushi and I'm going to ask you questions. And I was like, sushi? Okay. Like, I'll answer questions for sushi. 
And she started asking me about my divorce. And for the first time ever, I was taught, I talked about it. And after that episode dropped, I had a woman reach out to me to say, thank you for being so vulnerable. And then I realized that wall that I had built around me because I thought it was professional was actually hindering me from having real connection and real success too, because clients want to connect with a human. And at that point, it was like, I need I needed to do the work on myself because I realized that I couldn't just put myself out there. I needed to get really comfortable and really own my own shame story in order to do that. And so it was like slowly unfolding in this public space of I'm going to share just a little bit at a time and a little bit. And then as I got really comfortable doing that, it was like, you know what? Like there's more to my story than just divorce. I have other stories and other struggles. And you know what? I know every other woman does too. Like, let's come together. Let's share those stories. Let's put some incredible badass woman in one room and see what happens and through connection. And that's what it's all about. Like, at the end of the day, it's about connection for me. And it's like, I want to peel it all back and I want to sit and have like really good conversations and just connect with someone and have someone say, wow, that impacted me. Or I can introduce you to someone or I say to someone else, let me introduce you. Like, it's about helping each other. And that's what's filling me up right now. And Jess, maybe that's different five years from now. Like, I don't know what the next thing is. And that's the beauty of like not having all of the answers and just going for what be like what lights me up and saying, that's what I'm going to do right now. We'll see what happens. Maybe it fails. Maybe it doesn't. And maybe it's the next thing. And maybe I'll get bored with it. And then it becomes something else. And that's okay. I love that. It's just like, permission granted to yourself to try the next thing and to figure it out as you go rather than the majority of people want to know like how it's going to go what's the plan what's yeah. the power I want if I do this then what will happen if I say I want to write a book I need to know that people are going to buy it if I start a podcast I need to know that it's going to be you know people are going to download I if, if I do this then right like if I put on the live event will people come and I think we sit in this really scarcity mindset of like what could happen bad versus like what could happen good. So are there ways that you work through like mindset shifts that you've been able to like, I don't know, can you put like a, a description to things maybe you work through or have you always just had this like, fuck it, I'll try it. Let's see how it goes. I mean, I think there's, we all have that underlying like, yeah. what if this doesn't work out? I mean, I was actually never that person. I was always like, if I didn't get, like, if it wasn't easy, then I'm not doing it. So I got rejected from every law school I ever applied to except for one. And I was, that was it for me. I'm like, that's it. I'm not meant to be a lawyer. I'm not going to law school. And and my mother's actually like, what's, who cares? At the end of the day, you graduate with a law degree. Who cares where it came from? And she was right. And I hate when that happens. But it was like, that was never my mentality. And now I feel like I got really good at tapping into what I feel like I should be doing. And when I make that decision, there is no alternative. Like even this whole process of selling my law firm, my husband just said to me the other day, he's like, well, what if this the sale doesn't go through this way? What's the plan B? And I looked at him, I'm like, there is no plan B. I'm like, it will happen. And he was like, well, and he kind of stepped back. And it's just like, that's it. It's like, when I was planning the event, I'm like, the play, the event will happen. I have no idea where or how or how I'm going to get people in the room, but it's going to happen. And it's like this, this, you just tunnel vision of like this thing. I mean, even the book, you know, I talk about in the book, I had 113 rejections from literary agents before I got the yes. And it was like, I would not give up. I'm like, this book is meant to come out and it will happen. It might not be on my timeline. 
but it's going to happen no no matter what. It's like if you believe in something so deeply and so passionately, there is no other choice but success because you're going to outrun all of the rejections and all of the failure. I could not agree more. And I, I do find it to be true that when I give myself a backup plan or when I give myself a cute put out, oh, I'll find it. I will find oh, yeah. all the proof that it won't work. And it's it just, it's it's self-sabotaging. It's really like mm-hmm. the silliest thing that we do to ourselves. It's almost like you just set yourself up to lose. It's, it's yeah. Fine. Okay. So you, you wear a lot of different hats, obviously. Like you're a mom, you're, you were, you're still an attorney. You've got all these things going on. You've got a couple of books out. You're promoting things. You're on these book podcast tours. How, how, Renee, how, talk to <laughs> and I'm not trying to put anybody in a box calling us average, but talk to, you know, the woman who is looking at you thinking, wow, how the fuck does she do it all? You don't do it all at once. And that's, and it's just making peace with that. Like you cannot do everything a hundred percent all the time. Cause you're going to disappoint everybody starting with yourself. It's you have seasons. Like I'm in just getting out of book launch mode for the past three months. It has been book launch, book launch, book launch. And you know what took a backseat is the law firm that I was running because I couldn't be 100% there and 100% effort on that. So it was like you have to, in that season, what's most important to you and allow yourself to let go of the other things. And I mean, that goes for work things, that goes for even our health and like sometimes making peace with, you know what, I can't, I can't go all in five days a week on my workouts and I'm going to have a season of maybe I'm getting there two days a week and maybe I'm I'm supplementing with walks and just recognizing because there's not enough hours in the day. I think we just ha- as women, we have to just make peace with the fact that at some point we have to step back and say, we can't do everything perfectly. And so I wear all the hats, but the hats are all laying like around my feet and I'm just picking one up at a time and choosing which one I'm wearing in that moment. I love that. Okay, so give me inside the book writing process because I know like a book seems to be almost as like alluring as a podcast right now. And everyone thinks they should have a book or they should have a podcast. So let's speak to the person who actually is, you know, on the path of wanting to write a book. They'd wrap their head around it. They've got a message. They want to share a story. They feel like they can make a bigger impact if they create this book. But they're like, where do I start? Do I self-publish? How do you even get like a literary aid? Like where, where does one start? Because there was a day one when you didn't have a book. So yes, you have this book now that's like our fourth one out, right? But like, where did where did you start in the book writing process? And how, how break it down in, in the simplest form if possible. I love this question because I think that everyone feels like they have to come out with the book in order to build their brand. And I you don't have to do that. Like if, if the book feels like a have to to you, then find something else. Because I think that, it's I'm a writer I've always like I have always been a writer since I was a little kid like that's the thing that I knew I wanted to do before anything else so that process for me was so soul filling and I love that process of creating and putting things down on paper and seeing it all come together for some people writing is so painful and they're looking for, you know, they're having ghostwriters write and they're having like trying it doesn't bring them any joy so don't do it Like if it doesn't bring you joy, then don't do it. But if it's something that's like living in you to say like that this is the medium in which I know I can communicate my best way, then then there's multiple ways to get there. You don't have to do the traditional publishing road. There's self-publishing. There's hybrid publishing. I think every single one of them has their pros and cons. With self-publishing, you have so much more control over the process and the timeline. Traditional 
you're waiting for someone else. You really lose control over the cover and you just kind of pray and hope that, it, that you love it. But you also have the marketing support and you also have the distribution. So I would say that, you know, the first thing to do is maybe put your ideas down and just say, okay, what do I want to write about? And start to just start to tap away at the computer. And some people love to outline and some people don't. I'm not an outliner. I sit there and I start going and then it sort of sh- takes shape with it, it probably causes more work because I have to revise a lot more, but it's just my process. So, and I think the point of the whole question is there isn't one right way. There isn't a perfect way to write the book. There isn't a perfect way to publish it. It's you do what is the best fit for you. And mm-hmm. sometimes that means saying the book maybe isn't the best medium. Maybe it's the podcast. Maybe it's speaking on stages. So just because you see everyone pumping books out, it doesn't doesn't have to be the thing that you do unless you absolutely like are, are compelled or drawn to it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And thank you for kind of just like taking that full circle because same, I I, I say the same thing to people with podcasts. If it feels like a have to, if it, if it doesn't get you excited, <sighs> trust me, by your hundredth episode, you're going to be even less excited. Yeah, because it, it a book and a podcast is the long game. It's not something. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a book once it's done, it's done, but. You know, you could have the best program, course, book, podcast, but mm-hmm. if you don't talk about it, market it, share it, get it out into the world, like no one's going to know it exists. So there there are pieces to everything that we create that are yeah. they're going to have some level of I don't really want to do that part of it. Right. Social media is even one like oh, I, I I don't I don't mind it, but I don't want to participate in it, too. So there's like, yeah, yeah so many pieces of that. So thank you for sharing that. And I do agree. You and I share a similar love, obviously, of writing. And I think mm-hmm. a very similar story I caught around a teacher who almost like threw you for a curveball. And I had a similar experience when I went off to college. Writing was the one thing I loved and did so well at in mm-hmm. you know high school and growing up. I was always an avid reader. And I got to college and I had a professor who was just like a dick. Like he just, everything was wrong. You couldn't write right. Like he was just so old school. And I remember flunking his class thinking, oh, I guess I'm not a great writer. And I went back to be, I'd gone to beauty school for a few months, thought, okay, no, I'm going to go to school like my mom said and was all in and had this experience. And it's so crazy because it took me another 20 years to write a book. And I was, yeah. you know, it, it just, it's so unfortunate sometimes when people can be so critical and, and when you're, you're young, if you've had yeah. that happen to you. So tell me about what happened. I, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So I was in an honors English class in high school and I had a teacher who was a very like highbrow, you know, look down on anything that wasn't worthy of literature status, one of those. And we would write in the first time I had a paper, he pulled me aside and told me that I didn't, I shouldn't, probably shouldn't be in his class because I couldn't write, which was like heartbreaking because that was the thing I always did really well. And then I realized, okay, I'm going to give him what he wants. And so the next paper I turned in, I totally stripped it of any personality, of any style, and I gave him exactly what he wanted. And he called me back and he was like, this is so much better. Did you plagiarize it? And I was like, oh my God. And I thought the paper was horrible because it totally did not have my personality in it. And by the end of that year, I hated writing because I felt like I had to conform And quite frankly, law school makes you hate writing, too, because you have to conform to like how they teach you. And it took me it took me probably 20 years after that to really start writing again. So for so much of my early adulthood, I did not write because it was just like, I'm not a good writer. I'm not meant for it. Like, this isn't my destiny. And it took really sitting down. I wrote a a guide for lawyers 
which I had no business writing. It was like how to open and run your law firm. And I was like, I think I had opened my firm a year before. I didn't know what I was doing, but the publisher asked me to write it. It was a small press. And I'm like, yes, I have no idea what I'm going to put on here. But it was the last chapter that I got really creative with. And it was all about being a female attorney. And it really had no place in that book. And then that that reignited my love for writing again. I'm like, wait a second. I don't have to write by the book. I don't have to write by some formula. I can do it my way, which is what I love in like writing the book that I that I wrote that just came out. She who wins like there's so much of just my style in there. And no one was telling me it had to like be stuffy or it had to be perfect prose. Like it was so conversational. And that's the feedback I'm getting too. It's like, hey, it's so relatable. It's so easy to read. I feel like I'm talking to a girlfriend. I'm like, and that's the point. So I do have an anti-dedication page to that that high school teacher in the bat in the acknowledgement page. So I had to I have to track him down actually. I want to send him a copy. You should <laughs> with a big F on it. Here's your I know, right? <laughs> Well, you know, and, and the, the success really just is the best form of, you know, fuck you. But yeah, you know, that's a, that's for another podcast episode. I love that you like shared all that. And, and we got to see because how many of us can think back to dreams that we had growing up or visions of what we we're going to do. And it took one person saying one thing to just take you out of that mindset that you that it was possible for you. And I know it to be true for so many people, because what ends up happening is 20 years into their career that they were kind of pushed into that wasn't their first choice. They they have what we are calling midlife crisis. It's where they want to live it or they want to throw everything in the trash and they get divorced because they've done the things that they thought they were supposed to do. And it's not serving them right the their their real personality that who they are and who they're meant to be in this world is just like, okay, enough. I've played the game long enough. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I want out. And you talk about that in the book about, you know, what it means to be a good girl. And I resonated so hard with that because that that is why and where like kind of my book came from was, you know, the art of unbecoming who they told you to be. Yeah. yeah. Teacher telling you how what was right or wrong with her. You know, Dean Graciosi wrote a book a few years ago that I got my hands on. And he he talks about being dyslexic. He talks about not being able to write correctly. And he's like, when you get this book, I hope it gives you permission to feel like you could write a book. He's like, I had no business yeah. writing a book, but I have all this information that I wanted to share. And so when I let myself sit down and write it as if I would share it with a friend, I didn't think about, you know, saying things the wrong way. I just wrote from my heart. And yeah. that's very conversational, very light, yeah. easy to read. And for the majority of people, that's what we need. We don't want some yeah. high level, half understood like shit. So Get us inside what it means because a lot of people talk about recovering perfectionists, but how about a recovering good girl? I guess cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's who I was. It was like the people pleaser. It was saying yes, even though I want, I meant no to everything, to showing up to things I didn't want to show up to, to not having those hard conversations because it was easier to sweep it under the rug. I mean, my that, that's my first marriage and he's a good guy. And I take so much of the blame for what happened because I didn't address shit when it came up and it was like it was going to be easier just to keep the peace mm -hmm. and you know it's getting so so comfortable just having those hard talks or taking the risk or or letting people go who have no you know don't offer a really good purpose in your life or are toxic and people might who may have been around you forever and their friends and just being like you know what it's I it's not my job to keep you happy and so it's all of these things that we have, we live this life. I mean, I have girlfriends and it breaks my heart to see them stuck in this cycle. 
where they're always putting themselves last. And that's what it means to like drop that good girl act. And I had and someone ask me, well, of course, it was a guy. And he was like, is the opposite of, you know, being a good girl, a bad girl. And I was just like, I wanted to reach across the screen and slap him. And I'm like, no, not at all. That has nothing to do with that. It's not about being a bitch. It's not. It's about it's about actually just looking in the mirror and saying, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I need from you. And, you know, being unapologetic about it. That's that's what it's about. It has nothing to do with being bad or being, you know, nasty or being like any of that. Of that. It's just it's saying I'm no longer going to be who you want me to be, society or any of those roles. And I'm going to be exactly who inside like that, that inner voice is now going to be also lived on the outside. So good. So true. And not one single woman would read that and think what he said. I, I know. Like I know, and and I know you you touch on like the book is an anti man. Like we're not like oh men are idiots. It's it's more like yeah. it's for women to feel empowered to speak the yeah. truth to own who they are and their feelings. Right, we're allowed to have feelings. Yeah. We're emotional beings. Men have them too. They just figured out how to put things in boxes a little bit yeah. better. Have you ever seen the inside of a woman's purse? Like that's a lot oh, yeah. of our emotions and our feelings and just yeah. we choose to be. And want to all the things, right? We want to feel feelings, but we also are conditioned at a very young age yeah. to, you know, be quiet, sit still. Yeah. Don't be prettier than the next person. Don't be louder than the next person. Don't outshine anybody because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh-huh. And when you play in this realm of like, I can't fully be expressed on on so many different levels, like it is so stifling. And it's no wonder that everything else implodes, right? A marriage that yeah. probably would have been okay had you had this tools. Yeah. Or the skill sets to like talk that shit out and you mentioned some things around like red flags and i feel like we all have those but we're so quick like that's not a big deal or i'll let that go and that can be in friendships that can be in business relationships clients that you work with i know so many people who know better than to get into situations and they do it anyways and then that shit yeah yeah so i think when you can own that role of being the good girl meaning Owning your truth and who you are, yeah. these red flags, like you won't even, you won't even entertain or tolerate the bullshit when it comes to like, and eh, no, passing on that. And you're so much yeah. quicker to be able to be discerning around who you let into your energy bubble, right? So I know that this book is, is a game changer for so many people and getting it into the hands of women who feel like they've been kind of put in these boxes or have been playing these roles. Like, who is this book for? So it is for, it's funny because when we first started pitching this book to publishers, we got a lot of pushback that the book wasn't niched enough. And it was like right to like to just entrepreneurs and just, and I, I dug in. I'm like, no, I'm like, because no matter how many degrees you have on the wall, no matter what job title you have, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or not, or stay at home mom, I'm like this, the issues are for everyone. So to answer your question is for every woman who is at the point in their life where she's saying there has to be more like this can't be it or she finds herself saying okay what's next or waiting for the next vacation because that's the week that she you know she's looking forward to because every single day is joyless and she's just kind of caught on this this hamster wheel so it's for the woman who has dreams and they haven't gone for them and and she's always saying well I'll do it later I'll do it when the kids are older, when I have more money saved, when I lose 10 pounds, like all of those excuses. It's for it's for all of those women. And I think that there's a little bit of that in all of us. Like we all have something that we're like, okay, am I playing big enough? Am I going for it? 
you know, or they're in a relationship and saying, is this it in the relationship? So it's certainly not a book about relationships or divorce specifically, but it's a book about like, let's evaluate everything happening in your life. And where's there a disconnection? And how do you get that back? And how do you take action? And how do you move forward out of this place of stagnation that so many people find themselves in at a certain point in their life? You know, they're married, have kids, they find themselves stumbling into their 40s and they're saying, now what? Yeah. So this book is definitely not for anybody who's not interested in owning their truth and doing any of that work. So if you are still listening to this episode and you're like, nope, that's not me. I'm good. I'm, I'm living my best life. Or I've been pretending that everything's roses and sunshine. I was once there. I remember when personal development first kind of came into my life eight, nine years ago in a real way versus just like a random book here, my mom giving me the secret or things like that, really owning like where I currently was and was I happy and was it going to be happy in the next couple of years with what my current situation was if I kept going at the pace I was or dealing with the things I was dealing with or letting people into my life that I didn't really have any, you know, any boundaries or you know things that were keeping me safe right I didn't really know who I was and I think this book for me I, I feel like it's for any woman who's ready to really own their truth and and to step into you know hearing themselves in, in in throughout your story as how you tell things just in a relatable way that can make make somebody feel a whole lot less alone you know whether or not you're a mother whether or not you've been divorced like you said there are ways that you're going to feel deeply connected to Renee's book and to her message and just you know being a woman and in, in this time, like it, it's no joke. And I honestly feel like you and I connect deeply on that whole where we have this vibe about us where we're not really the people you go to for like, if you want to have a pity party, because yeah, and it's not that we're insensitive. And I, I don't know if you if you do Peloton, or if you follow Robin, the, the Peloton is yeah. she's kind of like my go to because she says things like, I'm not here for the sympathy, like I'm here to remind you of your power and here to remind you to put your crown back on when you fall down. And like, not take the shit and to yeah be your own advocate for showing up in your life and that all of your choices get to be your own. And though we have circumstances and shit that's been, you know, conditioned and beliefs and all this stuff from from childhood and so on, you still at the end of the day, listening to this episode today, have the option to read a book like this and do something. You know, yeah. take action, make some changes and just get really raw and honest with like, hey, is this is this the best it can be? And it's okay to want more. It's okay to want a really big, bold, yeah. exciting, juicy life. Okay? Can we just like get on? Yeah. Like, that's what I yeah. want for everybody who listens to this show. That's why the show's called Unscripted because so many people are waking up and realizing like they got to rewrite their script. If they keep telling themselves the same bullshit stories, if they keep showing up in the same fucking energy day in and day out, like ain't shit going to change. It's probably just going to get worse. And you're going to get tired of your own shit. And that's it's so true in motherhood and in relationships and you know, really, if, if you spend as much effort on yourself working on the things that are, you know, kind of outlined in this book and getting the community with women who are having these conversations, I guarantee everything else in your life will be 10x better for it. Would you agree? Yeah. And I, I love everything that you just said. And, you know, I think that people would call us tough love. And I'm like, it's not tough love. It's love love. Because it's like, it's not meant to bring you down. It's meant to lift you up to like hold the mirror up and say you're capable of so much and you don't have to look at someone else and say well I wish I had what she had like you can have that in that much more you just have to believe in yourself because it comes from the inside so I love you know I love that because I think that you know I think there's a lot of that toxic like positivity out there and like the just the kind of the rah-rah 
But I also think it's so important to recognize how hard it is. Like, you know, some of this stuff is really hard work. And sometimes you're going to hit lows and sometimes you're going to crumble and sometimes you're going to fall and sometimes you're going to get rejected and you do it anyway. Because like at the end, like I look at my life and I'm like, I'm 46. At the end of my life, I want to know that I went for everything that I dared to dream. And I don't want to ever look back and say, well, I wish I went for it, but I was scared. Like, I want to say, yeah, I went for it and I felt flat on my face and who cares, but it led to something else even better. Like, that's okay. the goal. So good. Y'all, we could talk for hours. I know Renee and I just vibe on so many levels. And, and if you're listening to this show, you you were one of us. And so I invite you to tune, to tune into her podcast as well, the She Who Wins podcast. She talks with a lot of high level entrepreneurs in the world, everything from, you know, entrepreneurship, relationships, personal development, all of the good stuff in in your own amazing way. And she has just such a connected network of humans who are in her world. I know you can get so much value out of listening to her show. So all that will be linked in the show notes. And what else is next for for you, Renee? We've got the book out. We've got the podcast thriving. We've got your events like what is, what is a woman who's on a mission with this momentum? Like, what is next for you? I'm laughing when you ask this question because I'm going into a hibernation season. Okay with that, too. It's been like a hustle all of 2023, and now it's a pause. And, I, and I'm going into a season of pause to, like, really get clear on what the next thing is that lights me up. And, like, I have made such peace with that, which was, like, the former self would not have. She would have been, like, so uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm just going to pause through the next few months and see what comes up and then go for that. I love that. Okay. I have one last question because a lot of people, okay, they think, all right, I'm putting myself out there. I'm doing all these things. And you've had many opportunities to be featured in the media interviews, invited to speak in keynote, like, you know, at people's events. How does one get into the realm of that? Is it because of the books? Is it because of the podcast that people start noticing you? There's this awareness that you exist. Therefore, people start inviting you. How does somebody get into rooms like that or get those invitations? Are you inviting yourself? Are you offering? Like, talk to somebody who's kind of a few steps behind you who wants to get into the game like you are. So the very first event that I created was because I was trying to put myself out there as a speaker and I wasn't getting the invite. So I'm like, all right, then I'm going to create my own stage and invite the other women around me who are amazing, who may also not be getting the invitations. But I, you know what it really is? It's just connecting with people, like authentically connecting with other women who are who are aligned and then those things just happen naturally. So an authentic connection and then someone hosts an event and they're like, hey, can you want to come and speak on the panel? And so it was never, I'm not one to hard sell. I don't do it. It's just not like my comfort level. I know people who do it really well and it's amazing and it's such an art form. But for me, it's like I want I want to show up in the rooms with people who are like my people. And so it's going on podcasts and having these amazing conversations and are going to other events and meeting other people and just putting yourself out there as an attendee and having those conversations. You know, it's it's like the ask sometimes too is like they ask just for a phone call. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. It's just a, hey, I want to be in your energy. And you'd be surprised at how many other women say yes. Like that would be amazing. Let's chat for 20 minutes or a half hour. So it's just being, you know, you put yourself out there in a way and you don't worry about getting the nose because you're going to get the nose and people may not respond to you. And that's OK. You just keep moving forward. So true. I love all of that. I love that response. And the power of the ask is something that's really changed my life. And I feel like, you know, the answer is always no if you don't ask. 
or yeah. people don't know that you want to be invited into things. And so I've deep dived into human design and realized I'm not a generator. I'm actually a projector, which is weird because I would have assumed I was one of the other two and out of the five, you know, and I, I just I've learned that, you know, you have to be able to be seen. And by putting myself in that room, starting my podcast so that people can just know that I exist and that these are the rooms I also want to be in and be included in. It, it's not it changed everything for me. You have to create the opportunities for yourself. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, these girls have podcasts and books and they're speaking, doing all these things and you feel called to that. That means it exists in you and it's probably available yeah. for you as well. Not probably it is. Yeah. But in order to have these things, you know, be created in your life and for you to be able to get to this point. Yeah, you got to get in the rooms. You got to be able to speak up. You got to be able to ask people, hey, you want to get on a phone call? And that literally in the last five to seven years has changed everything for me. And I know like you, like people refer to us as these master connectors or people who know people like we got on and we were joking around all the friends that we have and people that we know. Yeah. It's so fun when I see people, I'm like, I don't even know how I know you, but like, yeah, I know it's kind of the same people. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, a beautiful thing because for so many years, we, and a lot of us have felt like it's hard to make friends with new, with women. The older you yeah. get, it's harder to make friends. Yeah. I think if we just reframe what a friendship can look like in our in our later years, in our 40s and 50s, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that schoolgirl where you spend 24 hours a day with them, you talk on the phone yeah. half times a day. It can be an acquaintance or someone who you know can be that trusted person yeah. to talk about that specific thing. So I have really amazing women in my life that I know they're the right person to go share that information yeah. with, right? So be discerning around that, but also remember, you know, if you are seeking friendships and you are wanting to be in these rooms, like get a ticket. Put yourself there and then yeah. pull out. Let people see you. Yeah. We'll sing hello. Make those connections because that is the missing piece. I know people do show up in these rooms uh-huh. and then they walk away at break. They go back to their rooms when they have an opportunity to hide. And it's just really about like allowing yourself to be seen and just starting to speak your truth. So you guys grab this book, tune into her podcast. I promise you're going to be forever changed if you do either or, preferably both. All of the stuff will be in the show notes. Renee, thank you so much for just being like, your fullest express self because it really like I said at the beginning of the podcast is very inspiring and aspirational and I know not only are you here to create that ripple effect but really just it's done what you're doing for yourself is creating a ripple effect for all of us and I just want you to know that thank you so much this was it's such a joy and pleasure to be here and have this like so unscripted authentic conversation it's right perfect and I'm going to leave you with one last quote from Renee that says it's so freeing when you stop letting the weight of other people's opinions weigh you down So let that be food for thought and whatever's coming up around resistance of why you can't insert whatever you're feeling right now, just know that it's probably someone else's opinion that you've that you've convinced yourself is your own. So journal after this episode around what are the things you want in your life? Who do you want to be showing up as? Who is she? What does she have? How does she feel? And and work through a book like this and allow yourself to feel all the feels and then take some action. Reach out and let Renee know how this podcast impacted you, how the book impacted you. Because as creatives, we love feedback. We love validation that our work is helpful and that <laughs> finding some joy and value in it. I have learned to not be afraid to ask for that. So if this podcast resonated with you and you're feeling called to let us know, please do. It does mean the world when we hear from you, when we see ratings and reviews come through for the podcast or for the books even. And just know that we show up for you just as much as we try to show up for ourselves. So Sending you guys so much love and we'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This is your friendly reminder that if a podcast is on your heart to create, we got you, boo. We created Media Unscripted to take the guesswork out of starting, launching, and growing your podcast. I knew I had to create something that I wish existed three years ago when I started the show, which, by the way, had a different name. 
What does that mean for you? Simply put, you don't have to have it all figured out before you start. We help take the guesswork out of launching your show and creating meaningful content that adds value. A podcast can be your main source of content that not only helps you build an audience, but connects you deeper to your community. Go to mediaunscripted.com to learn more. Giving back is easy. Leave Unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 